Cluster B. Find out what I mean on this episode of Pushback. you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and this is kind of a part two of the podcast I gave last week entitled The Rise of Pseudoscience. I just made a case last week about uh, how there is real science based on a scientific method. And then there's pseudoscience, which is completely opposite of that. It's processes outside of the domain of science, uses deficient methodology and not supported by evidence, and then presented as scientific knowledge. (laughs) And I've given many examples, not only in last week's podcast, but in several podcasts before that, on how I believe the scientific community, my community uh, as a physician and in medicine, but in all areas of science, whether it be in climate or uh, in the environment or in evolution or in our science classes, how the scientists themselves have compromised and actually have resorted to something called pseudoscience, which I think is very dangerous and misleading. And I believe that there are many scientists out there that don't even realize that they're doing it. And I believe it's important that we hold them accountable and and have them exercise true science uh, for which they are employed and for which they are representing a true scientific uh, method. And I talked a little bit and kind of introduced the idea, even in the area of psychiatry, um, on how the even the DSM-4 criteria was has been compromised as things become more normal or common, as things become more common, not necessarily more normal in society, um, that, again, scientists have compromised themselves and exercised pseudoscience, actually changing the scientific evidence or ignoring scientific evidence to create some sort of political or social agenda or... or um, our dialogue. And I believe that's super concerning and we need to be super aware. And that's what I wanted to do last week is just bring awareness to that. Uh, But leading up to this podcast, I found one of the most excellent written articles I've seen in quite a while. It was written by Christopher Rufo, released on October 9th, uh, 2023, just earlier this month. And, and, and he really is drawing into a societal cultural conversation about what I would refer to as pathology becoming common um, and therefore can, being considered normal. And, and the danger of that, and I, I really feel like the heartbeat of this podcast is to bring some of these issues forward, and I believe he has hit the nail on the head. Um, So I just want to read some excerpts from his article, which I believe was so good. But he's referring to something referred to as Cluster B. And I'll explain that. Cluster B would be something that's actually found in the DSM-IV criteria of psychiatry. Um, And they are personality disorders. And I want to just introduce that to you as we read this because it'll become more clear what that means. 
He writes, there's a creeping sense that our society has turned upside down. Healthy debate is replaced by activist hysterics. Speech is declared violence. Violence is excused as speech. Masculinity is condemned as toxic, while men in dresses are celebrated in the public square. It feels as if we're in the midst of a society-wide mental breakdown. What happened? Why have old standards suddenly vanished in favor of narcissism, hysteria, and moral theatrics, all in the name of, quote, care, end quote. If we have any hope for recovering our sanity, we must first understand what we are dealing with. If I have any criticism about this article, it's that he doesn't necessarily have a great solution at the end for us other than exposing the problem, which is the first step. And so I'm not even being critical of that. We we have to know what is out there and what is happening so that we can identify it, we can see it, and then we can offer real solutions. He goes on, every historical period develops unique psychological characteristics that shake, shape public life. He said, today we are witnessing the emergence of something new, the Cluster B society. Like the culture of narcissism, our digital age has distinct psychological traits, heavy, heavily influenced by the rise of personal pathologies and the power of social media. Now, we have to be clear about the word pathologies. Pathology means that there is something broken. There's something wrong. There is something coming against our bodies, our minds, that would be considered disease-oriented or that needs to be addressed. He goes on to say, for this generation, the cameras are always on. The audience is always watching. And the old narcissism has transformed into hysteria, moral theatrics, emotional volatility, self-indulgence, and outbursts of violence. Psychologists have captured the spirit of our modern culture in four specific psychopathologies that together make up the cluster B personality disorders. This would be found in DSM-4, psychological criteria for pathologic disorders. The four disorders of cluster B are the narcissist, the borderline, the histrionic, and the antisocial. He goes really quickly to describe these. Let me read these to you. Narcissistic personality disorder is characterized by a sense of entitlement, obsession with one's own and own with one's own importance, the deep feelings of resentment, and often expressed through moral self-righteousness. Borderline personality disorder is marked by an unstable sense of identity, black and white thinking, feelings of emptiness, and recurring self-harm and suicide attempts. Histrionic personality disorder exhibits excessive emotionality, uh, sexual provocation, and attention-seeking, often to serve a pathological need for sympathy. Antisocial personality disorder is typified by impulsivity, manipulation, disregard for others, and a penchant for violence and aggression that violates social norms. Now, again, I want to make super clear that these are disorders. It means out of order. It means beyond what we decide as a society to be quote-unquote normal. And they cause dysfunction. I mentioned this last week. Distinguishing between just feeling down or feeling depressed is the word dysfunction. Is there something that's inhibiting your life? 
These are considered dis- disorders. These are dysfunctions that actually inhibit or somehow de- detract from a normal life. And as they become more common, we're tempted to call them normal. This cluster of psychopathologies is no longer an individual matter, however, to be dealt within the privacy of an analyst's office. On the contrary, cluster B psychological traits have begun to shape the patterns and structures of our culture. There's that word. It's my, it's my buzzword. The scenes of American public life increasingly resemble a cluster B psychodrama. Victimhood replaces accomplishment as the standard of merit. Accusation replaces disagreement as the means of settling disputes. False compassion becomes the primary method of manipulating citizens into compliance. And the whole scheme is enforced with a threat of violence. Obey or suffer the consequences. For most, of Amer- for most of American history, significant personality disorders were treated as problems and their, suffers- and their sufferers largely relegated to the fringes of society. But in the emerging Cluster B society, narcissistic, borderline, histrionic, and antisocial psychological traits can now be found in those elevated to positions of power and celebrated by our institutions. I believe the word celebrated is such a key, pivotal word as we move forward um, trying to, to expose our society for its pathopsychology. What needs to be celebrated. The new status quo is an emerging leadership class that rules through emotional blackmail and uses the cover of various victim groups to impose its agenda on society. If citizens dissent, they are branded hateful bigots and accused of lacking empathy, and sometimes banished from public life. This is what we're seeing in the world today. While these strategies are contemptible, they are also extraordinarily effective in controlling what we think, what we say, and how we act. And they have slowly transformed our institutions in what psychologist (laughs) Andrzej Lobazewski calls pathocracy, or rule by psychological dysfunction. This has become our new social order. Once a thoughtful observer internalizes this phenomenon, he will start to see it everywhere. The cluster B traits have been formalized and entrenched in our human resources department, government policies, cultural institutions, and civil rights laws. Examples abound, and he gives a few examples. A CIA recruitment video valorized the cluster B traits of narcissistic identity, obsession, self-righteousness, and craving for affirmation. Quote, I am a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who has been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Quote, I used to struggle with imposter syndrome, but at 36, I refused to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. This was her interview. This was what she wrote on her resume as a positive reason for hiring her. Politics too have been compromised. He gives the example of a Nebraska state Senator, uh, Michaela Kavanaugh, exemplified this cultural shift when instead of offering reasoned debate, she screamed hysterically for two minutes on the floor of the state legislator, bringing herself to the point of tears, crying, we need trans people, we love trans people, trans people belong here. We need trans people, we love trans people, trans people belong here for two minutes. Her moral theatrics are a vivid representation of the attention-seeking, black-and-white thinking, 
and excessive emotionality associated with cluster B. In the new pathocratic regime, emotional manipulation, compassion-coded antagonism, and theatrical accusation become the staple of political discourse. The goal is not to arrive at answers, but to browbeat opponents and make them feel remorseful for denying left-wing orthodoxy. And my friends, this is the sobering piece. This is why I bring this article to you in this podcast, because we, we will be looked to be browbeaten. We will be the ones that people will try to quiet and to silence. But at the center of our heart actually needs to be compassion for those who need real, quote, care, end quote. We can't disguise it by simply being the loudest people in the room with hysterics, emotionality, or victimhood. He goes on to write, where do these phenomena emerge from? While their specific origins might be obscure, the modern university is the primary replication site for the cluster B pathologies. On campus, the pathocracy rules, growing obsession with safety and victimhood. Rather than prioritize academic achievement and substantive debate, administrators have elevated, elevated nebulous therapeutic concepts such as trauma, right, white fragility, and systemic injustice. As a result, American college students find themselves in the midst of an unprecedented mental health crisis. According to the University of Michigan's Healthy Mind Study, more than 60% of college students meet the criteria for at least one mental health problem. My friends, that's 60%. Six out of 10 students meet the criteria. They're not just down or sad or missed a class. No, this is criteria for mental illness. A nearly 50% increase since 2013. The more we indulge cluster B style pathologies, the more we replicate them within our institutions. The more common it gets, the more normal it becomes. Like a virus leaking from a lab, they have broken containment and are spreading throughout society. The public school, the hospital, and the state bureaucracy all have succumbed. I have covered so many of these examples in regards to public school and the place that I work in, in medicine and, and how they have taken a knee and have, have succumbed beyond, they've even removed themselves from science and pursued pseudoscience because of the normalcy of a cluster B society. It's sobering. He concludes, if we are to find a way out, we must understand the peculiar logic and rationality of the cluster B society. We must learn how to counter emotional falsification and how to say no with a renewed voice of authority. We must find a way to restore balance, order, discipline, and sanity. If we do not, we will re resign ourselves to a world gone mad. The spontaneous life and beauty that are the fruits of a more balanced society will be snuffed out by grim commissioners administrating a cluster B pathocracy. Our self-governing regime would be over. Well, that's a pretty dark conclusion, I must confess. However, again, you have to rip the Band-Aid off. You have to expose the problem that's there. 
And outside of a world of the kingdom, outside of, of life as we understand living from heaven towards earth as people of his kingdom and the love that he shares and the purpose that he gives us for this life, to not only tolerate people, but to save people, to love people, to care for people, to show compassion towards people. Outside of that realm, what do you have? You have victimhood. You have you have people searching and scratching for some place of identity. And as twisted and as as corrupt as it seems, finding identity in a cause or in even in pain or in dysfunction. I suffer from anxiety disorder. All of a sudden becomes an identity rather than a pathology. It becomes an identity rather than a pathology. And my friends, that is very sobering. It's very sad. When pathology becomes normalcy, that's what we're up against. That's what our society is facing. But here's the deal. This man who obviously is incredibly trained and incredibly wise didn't necessarily offer us a great solution and maybe that'll come and I, I give him an opportunity to do that. And he doesn't need to have the answers to all things, but he has certainly exposed a real issue and a real problem. But what's the answer? I remember watching the GOP Republican debate and and a few of the candidates were bold enough to call out some of the societal problems as pathology, as mental illness. And so they asked, of course, well, what's the solution to that? And of course, part of their solution is elect me. (laughs) I'm your solution as a politician. But a couple of them said, we need more mental health workers. Really? If 60% just in the college ranks alone are suffering from mental illness, how many more mental illness, mental health workers are we going to need in the millions to address the pathology, the mental illness pathology that's there. No, there has to be something deeper. There has to be something at the core that is the issue, and we know what it is. See, we have a solution. That's why I that's why I'm unafraid to rip band-aids off and expose the problems because I know that we have an answer. We have his word, we have his ways. Ways is a cultural word. And his ways are the answer because his ways are always higher than our ways. Anything that the world can come up with, his ways will be higher. His ways will be better. His ways will be perfect. And his ways are the solution to a society that has lost its way. So we can read these articles and we can get frustrated and we can kind of go, how is this happening? This is madness. And yet, as I said many times before, it makes perfect sense because it's a world who is scratching for identity. It's a world who's longing for his ways and the world that's looking for a people that will show and demonstrate his ways. That's what ambassadors do. And that's what we are here for to demonstrate his ways. There has been a Petri dish of experimentation with 
the world's ways over the last 50 to 60 years. The world of free love, sexual revolution, free to be you and me, whatever feels good, do it. How is that working out for us? I have the statistics and so do you that shows that a world left upon their own resources and in their own ways leads to destruction. And so that's exactly what we would expect to see a world living outside a boundary. We would expect to see sickness, destruction, mental illness, and destructive ways. That's what we'd expect to see, and that's exactly what we're seeing. So we shouldn't marvel at a society that is promoting something that's dangerous and dysfunctional. Why wouldn't they? Because their identity is wrapped in it. So the answer is to find identity in the one, capital O, that brings healing, life, purpose, and restoration. We have a solution. Here's the crazy deal, and forgive the pun, (laughs) You can't hide mental illness. Like people can't sweep this under the rug and say, no, this is normal because it's dysfunctional. And we see the dysfunction. I'm a medical professional and in a weird sort of way, I can spot mental illness across the room. I don't say that arrogantly. I say that because I'm trained. I can see the dysfunction. I can see where things aren't tracking and that there's a, a, a web, a circle of dysfunction around certain people. I don't say that to disparage them or to criticize them, but I see it as a pathology, as a dysfunction, and I look to help them and want to bring restoration into their lives. The stats don't lie. It's getting worse, not better. How can anybody argue that? And here's the crazy part. I believe that we can, as a strategy and as a people, actually find common ground in people. What are some of the places of common ground? It's our children. It's our health. It's our sense of purpose in life. Everybody wants that. Everybody wants a reason to wake up in the morning. Everybody wants their their lives to show personal health and well-being. And everybody wants their children to thrive. I believe 99.9% of all Americans would sign off and check each one of those boxes as a top priority of life. So that's a common ground. How do we achieve that? We achieve it through his ways. (laughs) You can take it to the bank. I can promise you that. Living in his ways can result in that. So we can look people in the eye and say, do you want to be free? Do you want to live a life of purpose? Do you want to live a life of health and well-being? Do you want your children to thrive? If the answer is yes, then I have a solution for you. I have a solution, an absolute solution to you. It's not social media. It's not hysterics. It's not just being the loudest person in the room. It's not having the world circle around you in a weird, narcissistic, selfish way. Those are not answers. Those are problems. Those are dysfunctions and those are pathologies. We have a real way, a real solution. And my friends, those of you who are listening to this podcast, you are the answer. Whether you know it or not, whether you feel like you have strategy for it or not, I promise you, You are the answer. I don't care if you're young or you're old, if you're in school, out of school, uh, raising a family, single. I don't care what your situation is in life. You have an answer because you're an ambassador of heaven. You are the ones that carry the culture of heaven. And his ways are better. His ways are higher.
And I want to encourage you with that. I want you to leave this podcast empowered, knowing that this world is not hopeless or helpless because we have Christ and Christ has you to carry out his purposes here on this earth, to demonstrate his culture and his ways. Hopefully that inspires you. I would love to get your feedback. Go to pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org, and leave your comments, questions, or future topics you would like to hear addressed. I love coming to you each and every week, and thank you for listening again this week. Spread the word. Now let's go together to set and shape the culture.